I think it's our Godfather, which I have not seen, and maybe our Fight Club, where I'm like, apparently this means a lot to men, and there's a lot of layers for men, which we will probably never understand from not having grown up that way. But I feel like that's how I feel about the Barbie movie. <laughs> Hi, Barbies. Welcome to Rich Text, a podcast about our cultural obsessions like the Barbie movie, because we're all enough. If you're listening today, you're already a paid subscriber to the Rich Text audio and written newsletter. Thank you so much for being here. You quite literally make our work possible. While Claire is out on maternity leave, I'm going to be chatting about TV, movies, and cultural trends with an assortment of super cool friends of mine. And you might also see some of those friends pop up in our weekly recommendations. But today, I'm here to talk all things Barbie with my dear friend, journalist, podcaster, filmmaker, and author, she does it all, Liz Plank. And if you aren't already subscribed to her incredible newsletter, Airplane Mode, which is also on Substack, I highly recommend it. So before we get into the meat of this conversation, I'm just going to quickly give you guys some background on the Barbie movie, on Barbie herself, and on the plot of this movie. And then we'll bring Liz in for that sharp commentary that she is known for. So the Barbie movie was written by Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach and directed by Greta Gerwig. The movie is based on the Barbie doll IP from Mattel. And this movie was first announced all the way back in 2009, which is wild. In 2014, the project actually entered development. And for the next nearly 10 years, it bounced between studios, writers, directors, and stars. At some point, both Amy Schumer and Anne Hathaway were cast as Barbie. So it's been through many iterations. In 2018, the rights were transferred to Warner Brothers and Margot Robbie came on board as Barbie in 2019. And in 2021, Gerwig and Baumbach were announced as writers and Gerwig as director. The movie's release on July 21st was extremely hyped due at least in part, in large part maybe, to some very well-deployed marketing and also I think the general hunger that a, a certain subset of women and girls had for content that felt made particularly for them. It definitely has some crossover with Taylor Swift mania. And thus far, Barbie has done absolute fucking gangbusters at the box office. As of July 24th, the movie had grossed $382.4 million worldwide. And the opening weekend was, I believe, the biggest opening weekend for a solo female director ever. It also set the opening weekend record for any movie that wasn't a superhero movie, a remake, or a sequel. So, well done, Greta. In terms of the titular Barbie that this movie is based on, Barbie, whose full name is actually Barbara Millicent Roberts, an 11-inch tall plastic doll with the figure of an adult woman, was introduced by Mattel on March 9th, 1959. It was created by Ruth Handler, the co-founder of Mattel. Her other co-founder was her husband, Elliot. And she really spearheaded the introduction of the doll. Ruth and Elliot were a Jewish couple living in California, and they named both Barbie and then Ken after their children, Barbara and Ken. Some weird history is that Barbie's physical appearance was actually modeled on the German Build Lily doll, which was a sex doll for men. So right from the beginning, I think you can see the 
complicated and contradictory legacy of Barbie. Ken was not introduced until 1961 after Barbie started taking off, and he has kind of always been Barbie's ultimate accessory. And Barbie has kind of been a lightning rod for controversy from the beginning. Like, at least since the early 70s, Barbie's body and specifically bodily proportions have sparked a lot of criticism and backlash for promoting unrealistic body image, promoting eating disorders. I mean, after all of her proportions were real, she would be so underweight that she would be unable to menstruate. On the other hand, Barbie broke barriers in some ways. She was a doll that wasn't centered on teaching young girls domestic labor and nurturing. Baby dolls are meant to train young girls to be mothers. Barbie, on the other hand, has no parents, has no children. She has a wide range of careers, though, from astronaut to pilot to doctor to athlete. I mean, she is a child-free queen. And now let's talk about the plot of the Barbie movie itself. Again, this is not a spoiler-free podcast, so you've been warned. The premise is that stereotypical Barbie, also just known as Barbie, played by Margot Robbie, lives in Barbie land with all the other Barbies. The Barbies hold all positions of power. Doctors, lawyers, writers, Supreme Court justices, the president, played by Issa Rae, diplomat Barbie, physicist Barbie, and the Kens, well, they depend on the adoration of the Barbies for all of their identity and validation, especially Ryan Gosling's Beach Ken who I will just be referring to as Ken from now on. Out of nowhere, Barbie begins to experience sudden thoughts of death. She's developing cellulite. Her naturally high-heeled feet become flat. She's having a crisis. So she goes off for a chat with Weird Barbie, played by Kate McKinnon, a Barbie who's been played a little too hard with. And at Weird Barbie's behest, Barbie heads off to the real world to find the human girl who has been playing with her and transferring all sorts of yucky human emotions to her. Ken ends up hitching a ride with Barbie to her absolute annoyance, and they head off to Los Angeles, where Ken goes around discovering the wonders of the patriarchy and also horses. And Barbie discovers that Barbies did not, in fact, fix gender inequality as she had thought and that she, as Barbie, is actually a quite controversial figure, derided by many young girls, including her owner, a tween girl named Sasha, played by Ariana Greenblatt, who criticizes her for encouraging unrealistic beauty standards and calls her a fascist. It turns out that it's actually Sasha's mom, Gloria, played by America Ferreira, who is a Mattel employee who's been playing with her daughter's Barbie, transferring her own existential adult crisis to... Barbie. Gloria and Sasha rescue Barbie ultimately from Mattel's higher ups, including CEO Will Ferrell, who have figured out that real Barbie and Ken are just like on the loose in the real world. And that that is not okay. So they escape. They all head back to Barbie land. And when they return, they find that Ken, who returned to Barbie land on his own after discovering the patriarchy, has successfully introduced patriarchy into Barbie land. And thus, it is up to Barbie, Gloria, Sasha, Alan, played by Michael Sarah, and all of the other discontinued dolls, as well as Weird Barbie, to save Barbie land from patriarchy and make sure that their Barbie dream houses are not permanently converted into Mojo Dojo Casa houses by the Kens. I won't go through what happens in the end because that's something that I'll talk about with Liz, but the plot is really fun. 
and the cast is absolutely wild. In supporting roles, we have, as I said, Kate McKinnon, Issa Rae, but also Hari Neff, Dua Lipa, Nicola Coughlin, Emma Mackey. On the Ken side, we have Simu Liu, Kingsley Benadir, Scott Evans, John Cena. The list goes on. And of course, we have Helen Mirren as the omniscient narrator, and she fucking kills it. And now let's get to my conversation with the incredible Liz Plank. Liz, thank you for joining me. Thank you. I appreciate you. This is how two busy women find time to catch up. Exactly. We'll professionally catch up. Yes. And we'll do a feminist analysis. But honestly, if we had been in the same city and we had seen it together, this is what we would be doing anyways, minus the mics. 100% accurate. I actually got so much FOMO seeing you all dressed up in LA. I was like... I miss Liz. I miss you too. I miss you too. And I love your newsletter. I love that you guys are doing a podcast. I'm so appreciative of the opportunity to, you know, sort of do some cross pollination here. You are the smartest and have the smartest fans. So let's get into Barbie. What was your initial reaction to having just seen this film? Yeah. It was like candy, right? It was like candy. I think everybody, but I think particularly for women, it was every like set design, you know, dream come true of of, of like your eight-year-old self. And honestly, kind of my grown-up self. I have to consciously make myself not buy things in pink because I'm like, you have too many. Like my bed is... I wanted the the pink one. Oh and my I god, got, I can see it right now. Yes. There's some pink bedding. But it's I, really cute. I got the beige one, but then all of my pillows are pink and you know, there's so much pink and yeah, it, it's aesthetically, you know, very pleasing and exciting. It's like a dopamine hit for I think like the female brain. <laughs> and Ryan I mean, Ryan Gosling is impeccable. Like I heard from Ghetto Gerwig that she wrote the script with Ryan Gosling in it, right? There was not even like a casting, you know, of like any other guys. It was very clearly him because he is, as you know, Emma, because you're a gender scholar and and were around during the sort of like digital media yes. revolution of the Hey Girl memes. And Ryan Gosling has just always been feminist. And so he embodies that character and that sort of masculinity in, in such an I think extraordinary way I don't even dude I don't even know I, there was like 20 I would name 25 things and I'd still forget 100 this is not going to be exhaustive no. we have a limited amount of time and we're going to talk about things like 20 more times and we're and yeah. I need to see it again I yeah. need to see it multiple more times I'm trying to get Adam to see it with me I went with two girlfriends to see it the first time yeah I think something I loved about the movie is just it's it's it was pure joy mm-hmm. was it a perfect movie no but it was right. so joyful it was good for the soul and it and it was so willing to just center the experiences of women and girls without apology Mm -hmm. and own its place in the cultural sphere you just listened to a free preview of this week's rich text podcast If you like what you heard and you want to listen to the rest of this week's podcast and our entire Rich Text back catalog, you can become a paying subscriber at clarendemma.substack.com. If not, you can still enjoy our free weekly recommendations. Rich Text is hosted, produced, and edited by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray. You can find the written version of Rich Text at clarendemma.substack.com. You can find us on Instagram at Claire and Emma Pod, and you can find our other podcast, Love to See It, over at Stitcher and wherever you listen to podcasts. 
as well as on TikTok and Twitter at Love to See It Pod. You can also find us individually at Claire E. Fallon and at Emily Rose. Thanks for listening. 